rising from the African plain It's the song of the forgiven Drowning out the Amazon rain The song of Asian believers Filled with God's holy fire It's every tribe, every tongue, every nation A love song born of a grateful choir It's all God's children singing Cathedrals to the faithful gathered underground. Of all the songs sung from the dawn of creation, some were meant to persist. Of all the bells rung from a thousand steeples, none rings truer than this.
we're Joe and Lynette Collins, lead evangelist and women's ministry leader of Simi Church, and we want to welcome you to today's very special worship service. Our church is one of six churches, including the 101 Church in San Luis Obispo, the Waypoint Church in Santa Barbara, the Shoreline Church in Camarillo, Oxnard, and Ventura, the Santa Clarita Valley Church, and the Valley Church in the San Fernando Valley that are worshiping as one this morning. Our theme today is Who's Your One? Imagine the impact we would have on our families, friends, and neighbors if each one of us had just one person that we prayed for daily and shared the gospel with. We're really glad you're here. To get started, we'll have some worship music, some encouraging videos, we'll have a time to take communion together, and we'll hear a message from Ron Hammer, the lead evangelist of the Santa Clarita Church. Before we begin, let's go to God in prayer and ask for his blessing on our service this morning. Father, we are so encouraged to be together as one this morning. Even though we're not in person, we are in spirit. And the scripture says that whenever two or more have gathered in spirit, you are there as well. Father, be with us this morning. Please hear our prayers, hear our worship. Help us to be encouraged by the message this morning and help us to commune with you as one as we take communion. We love you, Father, and we pray for a great time of worship today. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.
What's going on everybody? My name is Tariq Burton and this is my wife Jackie and we serve on staff at our church, Waypoint Church in Santa Barbara. Who is your one? I love that question. Jesus had the ability to hone in on an individual and meet their needs in a way that resulted in life change. And that's what this question is all about. Yes, and we've seen just that throughout the course of this pandemic. We've seen all over the North region lives yeah. being completely changed and transformed by Jesus Christ. And we wanted to highlight several of these stories throughout our worship here today, starting right now. Enjoy. Enjoy. Good morning, my name is Bethany Harms and my husband and I lead the 101 Christian Church up in San Luis Obispo. And we're so excited to be able to worship this morning with the North Region, hello everyone. Um, it's been just an awesome time to know that we're all gonna get to be together today via uh, YouTube or Zoom or whichever way we're worshiping, but thank you for inviting us along today. I wanted to introduce you to one of our COVID miracles, I like to call her. Uh, we have been working with this really amazing single mom named Asia Jones, and her parents are actually members here in our church, in the 101 Christian Church. And Asia became a teen, or became a disciple as a teen in the Temecula Church, um, younger, obviously, in her life, and hit some hard times and walked away from God. But during this time in COVID, she has come up here, has been living with her parents, has been studying with us, and really Asia is just such a joy. She has really turned to the Bible and I wanted to share a scripture that really personifies her heart. And a lot of us are familiar with this scripture. It's Acts 17, 10 through 12. It says, as soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. As a result, many of them believed, as did also a prominent number of Greek women and many Greek men. You know, I want to show you this picture of Asia. Uh, this is her and her daughter, Yeslin, and we're just so excited. This scripture really does describe her heart. She has been eager and earnest and repentant and open and honest and just really wanting to be in the scriptures every day to refine her relationship with God. And so... You know, as we're here today, um, we want to introduce you to her. We've been restoring her in the church up here in the 101 Christian Church, and we wanted to introduce her to our big family in the North region. So uh, welcome to the family, Asia, and it's great to be with everyone today. Thank you. Greetings from Waypoint Church here in Santa Barbara. One of our single brothers, David, had been inviting his coworker, Ivan, out to church for a while. Well, this last February, Ivan finally came out to church along with his wife, Jessica, and mother, Gloria. Ivan later recounted that that first time at church, he felt really uncomfortable. He looked around and saw this happy and joyful group and just felt totally out of place like he didn't belong. Well, come March, as we know, the pandemic hit and we couldn't meet in church anymore. But Ivan and Jessica started studying the Bible. And over the next few months by Zoom, they both studied with brothers and sisters and their hearts were moved and their lives changed. And in July, Jessica made the decision to make Jesus Lord and she was baptized into Christ. Well, the morning of Jessica's baptism, I remember talking to Ivan and he just shared with me, while he was really excited for Jessica, he felt he himself wasn't sure if he could really be a disciple. He didn't know if God could really forgive him for all that he had done and all the things from his past. But he continued to study the Bible. And I never forget the study where we talked about how God loves him so deeply and his grace and mercy is so abundant. And it was at that point that Ivan realized 
how much God loves him, and he does belong to God's family. You know, he shed a lot of tears that night, and just a couple weeks later, Ivan made a decision to make Jesus Lord, and he was baptized into Christ in August. At this time, I give you Ivan and Jessica Martinez. Hello everybody, this is the Martinez family. My name is Jessica, this is my son Isaac and my husband Ivan. Well, God has been very gracious and just merciful to our family. Um, ever since me and my wife been baptized, like just things have been looking up and you know, it's been great, it's been awesome, a good experience. We're happier than ever, we're blessed to be here. It's awesome to be a part of the group and the family, the whole community. Greetings, my name is Gio, this is Karen. We are Gio and Karen Garces here in the Shoreline Ministry uh, here in the North Region. We're grateful to be sharing with you some of the great things that God has been doing in our part of the world. And I'm really excited to share about uh, this young woman. Her name is Hannah Fry. She was met on campus at Ventura College and the first thing that she was invited to was a Bible talk. And as she started to come to the Bible talk, she began studying the Bible. And while Hannah Fry was studying the Bible, she reached out to her boyfriend, Jorge Morrell, who is a student at Channel Islands University right here in Camarillo. And they both began to study the Bible, and then the pandemic hit. But Hannah and Jorge continued to pursue God with all of their hearts, and they were baptized last month into Christ. And we're so grateful for their desire and it really taught us that there are real people hungry for God. And we also learned that God is always working. He's always moving. A pandemic and a shutdown does not shut down God, and it does not shut down his kingdom. Thank you so, so much for allowing us to share what God has been doing here. Lord, I need your love in this
family, my name is Courtney. This is my beautiful daughter, Madison. In all transparency, I was trying to film without her, but she wasn't having it. So she is joining our video for this morning. Um, so I've been asked to share this really cool story with you. Some of you may have heard it, some of you may not have, but um, I believe it's a story of, of God's plan and provision and just how he orchestrates things in our lives so that we'll seek him, perhaps reach out to him and have a relationship with him. So there's this sister woman actually in the, well, she's a sister now, but anyways, there's this woman in the Philippines. Um, her name is Jenny Lynn. She's 22 years old. And back in February, she attended one of our church services there in the Philippines. Um, but it just so happened to be the last service before everything shut down and went online. Um, but fortunately there was two sisters there, Myra and Candy, who continued to reach out to Jenny Lynn through Facebook and built a friendship with her and continued to talk about God. And um, Jenny Lynn asked to study the Bible, so they began studying with her. Um, however, because Jenny Lynn was deaf and these two sisters didn't know sign language, it became very obvious that they needed some help. And so Myra, um, one of the sisters in the Philippines, posted on a Facebook page, I think it's the ICOC Facebook page, and was asking for help from anyone who knew sign language. And so Denise Lotane saw that message, commented back, um, and at that time I just had my daughter, so she didn't ask me to be involved in the studies, but she told me what was going on. And so Lauren Gonzalez and Kathy Cornish got involved in the studies as well as Denise, and they studied every Saturday night at 9 p.m. And um, it was Sunday, 12 p.m. their time. Um, and after a few months goes by, she continues studying the Bible. And um, Denise was talking with Jenny Lynn about her son, Zachary, who's deaf. And, um, you know, she began to say she went, he went to college and he got married and all these other things. And she was like, wait a second, did you say Zachary and Courtney? She's like, I know them. And she's like, how do you know them? She's like, I watch their YouTube channel. And so um, Denise thought it would be a good idea since there wasn't really anyone her age in the Bible studies to get me involved. Um, and at that time, Madison was a little bit older. So I got in contact with Jenny Lynn through Facebook and we started talking and her boyfriend is hearing she's deaf, I'm hearing Zach is deaf. So we just had a lot in common in that aspect. Then I joined the Bible studies and it was just really cool to see her heart and her love for God. She really just wanted to be righteous. She wanted to honor God and do whatever that took. And so it was really cool just to see her eagerness and um, just how she really fought for a relationship with God through all the different challenges that arose and um, things in her life. And um, she's the only deaf person in her family. And so she grew up just feeling really lonely and she found a lot of comfort and just God's love for her and how God created her. And so she really just found love from God, unconditional, perfect love and decided that she wanted to make him Lord of her life. She got baptized on September 12th of 2020 and her boyfriend Randy now is actually doing restoration studies um, to get reconciled again with God. So I just feel like what a time, right? To be um, online and to have Zoom and um, just to be so connected with our brothers and sisters all around the world. It's just been really, really awesome and really encouraging. So now you have a deaf sister in the Philippines and she is the first deaf person in the Philippines to become a disciple. So. We'll see what God has planned from there. Um, so have a happy Sunday. Say bye. Bye.
Hi everyone, if you don't know me, my name is Aria, and today I'm going to be sharing one person that I'm praying for, and that person is our friend, Miss Daisy in the military. Hi Miss Daisy, if you're watching. What we're praying for is that Miss Daisy is safe, that she gets time to visit us, and that she gets time to watch our church live streams, even with her busy schedule. We all know it can be hard in the military, especially now not being able to see family because of quarantine, and everyone needs a little appreciation, so I would like to encourage you to also pray for her too. Bye. Hello everyone, my name is Katherine Peckman, and along with my husband Dustin, uh, we serve in the campus ministry here in Santa Clarita, and so I'm introducing myself to you, but I'm also introducing my friend Claudia Mejia, who got baptized on September 9th. Claudia began coming to our campus ministry Bible Talks in fall of 2019, um, and then transferred schools and life kind of happened and kind of lost touch with some of our campus students. But this past summer, her life took a turn and she realized she needed to get things right with God. And so she reached out to Marley Berry and asked if she could start building her relationship with God again through personal Bible studies. So she studied the Bible all summer long. And even one point, she wanted to study every day for a week. And we did it. <laughs> I so appreciate her vigor and zeal. And she eventually decided that it was time for her to get baptized and make Jesus the Lord of her life. And so on September 9th, 2020, Marley and I got to baptize her. And she is now a vibrant, zealous, super encouraging part of our campus ministry and our North region. So North Region, I introduce you to Claudia Mejia. Even when I don't see it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I can feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop. Sing it with us, church. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Come on. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working.
you've ever sang it before sin. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who Good morning, church. Uh, welcome to our Sunday service with the North Region. Uh, my name is Bill Chen, and I'm part of the Valley Ministry. Um, uh, I was converted 28 years ago um, at the campus ministry at CSUN. Um, I also met my wife there, and uh, we have been married for 23 years now. Uh, we have two awesome young men, um, one's in college and one's a senior in high school. The past 28 years has been wonderful um, as a disciple. Um, it's full of great memories, uh, great friends, uh, lots of joy, um, and, but it's also full of lots of uh, challenges. But I wouldn't trade it for anything else. Um, 2020 is, also, is, is no exception. Um, it's been full of surprises, bad news, good news and unique challenges uh, brought up by the pandemic. The COVID-19 uh, pandemic has uh, affected all of us in a very significant way. Um, for me and my family and my wife's family, um, it has hit um, us in a, in a real personal way. Um, Tanisha's mom uh, was contracted uh, with the virus about two months ago and had to be rushed to the hospital. She's 70 year old and has uh, some serious underlying physical conditions. Um, the doctors has warned us that to be prepared for the worst, um, but uh, for God's mercy and grace, uh, and thanks to many of you uh, who have been praying for her um, and for us, and the good news is that she is now at home, uh, recovering and doing very well. Um, so thank you. Um, for me, um, 2020 has been a year full of uh, self-reflections, probably because I have more time now uh, due to working from home and the quarantine. Uh, but what I found is um, I could learn a lot about my personal relationship with God during times like this. When we are alone by ourselves a lot of times and when we are going through unexpected challenges. 
to be honest, even as an older disciple, I still feel many times um, unprepared to face the challenges brought up by this year and the pandemic. But I found that by trusting in God and by surrendering to Him, uh, it has given me a lot of hope and a lot of peace. The great thing for uh, being a disciple is that we have a perfect example in Jesus to learn from his life and from his teachings, um, especially for times like this. Uh, recently, I have uh, been studying the book of John, the last, uh, you know, the chapters from 13 to 17. Um, the chapters focus on the last hours of Jesus' life on earth with us, uh, leading up to his betrayal and crucifixion, during which he spent a uh, personal intimate time with his 12 disciples, or what's better known as the Last Supper. During that small gathering, um, Jesus showed us how much he loved us by washing his disciples' feet. He gave us a new command to love as he has loved us. He comforted his disciples in their grief. He talked about him being the only way to the Father. And he promised the Holy Spirit will come to help us. He talked about remaining in him and bearing much fruit. And he also warned us about the world will hate his disciples and will persecute them. But he also predicted that his disciples' grief will turn to joy when he resurrected from death. And last but not least, in chapter 17, he also prayed for his disciples and all who believed him in him and all who, who will believe in him. Jesus knew that he was about to go to the cross and to leave his disciples and the world behind. But instead of focusing on himself and focusing on what he was about to suffer, he was there to help strengthen his disciples who were in grief and hopelessness among other emotions. In Jesus' last hours, he wants to help his disciples to trust in God's plan, to continue to remain faithful, to persevere, to carry on the mission, to love, and to prepare for future hardships and persecutions. We can learn so much from all that Jesus taught us in those last few hours of his life. Out of all those scriptures, um, I want to share with you um, one of them, uh, which is found in John 16, verse 31 to 33. It says, Jesus asked, do you finally believe? But the time is coming, indeed, it's here now, when you will be scattered, each one going his own way, leaving me alone. Yet I'm not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. What a powerful scripture. 
Jesus died on the cross to redeem for our sins, but death had no hold on him. He has overcome death. And that's our power and our hope in this world. Because of him, we could have peace and the peace that will last. Things today may seem out of control and um, the future may seem uncertain, but our God is always in control and he always has a plan. Even in the, dark, in the darkest times and even when we don't understand why it's happening. He taught us in his last hours to trust, to love, to hope, to persevere, and most importantly, to remain in him. Let us pray. God, we uh, thank you for today. We thank you for this time that we can set aside a moment to remember Jesus, that his death on the cross and his sacrifice for our sins. God, we uh, thank you for the teaching that we have learned from him. Thank you for his life as an example for us today. God, we pray that we'll carry on his teachings and will be um, the light to this world because of him. Father, we thank you again for the cross. Thank you again for your love. And we pray all these through Jesus Christ's name. Amen. King of my life, I crown thee now. Thine shall the glory be. Lest I forget thy thorn crown brow. I forget Gethsemane And lest I forget Thine agony And lest I forget Thy love for me Lead me to Calvary Show me the tomb Show to
singing lest I forget Gethsemane and lest I forget Good morning to all of you and uh, we are so excited about being together here uh, with the North Region. You know I was a little over a year ago we were all together and what a time of celebration that was being able to uh, see the Sugarmans raise up and us to be able to appoint three incredible uh, new elders and elders wives. The Lees, the Lotanes and the Lucheras. What a, what a blessing we have to have four incredible shepherds um, looking over us and strengthening and encouraging us. You know, when I think back, wow, 27 years ago when we moved to Los Angeles into the great city of Woodland Hills, uh, having the honor of serving uh, the singles ministry, I remember us thinking, who, who is your one? And God brought us an incredible woman through a phone call and prayer. And her name was Sharon Smith Kennard. What a joy watching her heart just open up to the gospel. And to go down to the Pacific Ocean and for Ron to baptize her was a day we will never ever forget. But what is so inspiring is watching that heart, that one, Sharon, have such a passion for finding her one. And it was just a few months later, God brought us another amazing young woman by the name of Rachel Martinez Felici. And she studied that Bible every day. She just, I just want to know more about God. It was incredible to watch so many women but especially to see Sharon, just as such a young Christian, give her heart and minister and really be a part of seeing Rachel be baptized. And then it was a number of months later, and God brought us another incredible young mom by the name of Susan McCauley Knudsen. And she studied that Bible and it was amazing to watch so many women, including Rachel and Sharon, have 
a spiritual influence on Susan becoming a Christian. It's been such a joy over the last 27 years to see God move in those women's lives and the hundreds of women they in turn have impacted. You know, God brought us so many other men and women over the decades. These are just a few of very special ones to me. You know, I'm so excited, not for all, only for what God has done in the past, but what he's going to do in the months and the years ahead. I love you so much. Good morning, North Region. Good morning, 101 Christian Church. It's so amazing to be a part of such a huge spiritual family with such a rich history and amazing connections. I want to say thank you to Bill Chen for leading us around the Lord's Supper. I want to say thank you uh, to all the different ministries that submitted such inspiring stories of great news of who's your one uh, that we can all share in what God is doing among us. Say, so what a powerful story. I, I was so inspired about our new deaf sister in the Philippines. We have such a unique connection with that story. I think about the Philippines and just the powerful Filipino contingent that we have in the North region. And then we have Caesar and Jennifer Lopez leading the San Fernando Valley. Then we have an amazing deaf ministry that started in 1995 and what a great team. And then God has taken both those futures, both those amazing victory stories and woven them together with the next generation making an impact, not just here in the San Fernando Valley in the North region, but halfway around the world in the Philippines. We're excited to hear about the beginning of a deaf ministry in the Philippines and what God, through His Holy Spirit, is going to accomplish. I couldn't help but thinking as Courtney was sharing that incredible story about a passage in Romans chapter 10. In verse 13 through 15, Paul says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one in whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. That passage was the theme and title of our mission planting for the deaf ministry. Marty Fuquay preached a sermon back in February of 1995. And now God just continues to do amazing, amazing things. I think about Jermaine Cornish. He was baptized as a teenager and we had an inaugural deaf-led worship service. And I remember Jermaine preaching powerfully. We were all younger back then, but God was doing amazing things. 
and so proud of Jay Bear and all that he's accomplishing now. It's fun to imagine all that God has done, is doing, and will continue to do in the North region and all the way up in the Central Coast. It's amazing to have disciples all over. We now have a ministry in Simi Valley and so proud of Joel and Nat that they're the work that they're doing there. We have close friends, Kip and Bethany Harms, anchoring the work in the 101 Christian Church in the Central Coast. And Chris and Rebecca, we go back many, many years, and they're doing a powerful job in Santa Barbara. We've got Gio and Karen anchoring the work in Shoreline. And we have a powerful team up in Santa Clarita, and we're so excited about the work that's being done there. It's the North Region family. God is doing powerful, powerful things. And who knows what stories are yet to be told? Who knows 30 years from now what stories we're going to look back on and remember together of what God has done? Paul had very deep convictions of the role of someone being sent and playing a God-given role in somebody else's life. We didn't get here on our own. We all have families. We have towns and cities that we grew up in, co-workers, classmates, teachers, coaches, mentors, ministries, and so many more things played a vital role in who each one of us is as a man or woman today. Oftentimes, decisions made decades ago have had a profound influence on the man or woman that you are today. Which leads me to point number one. We all have a past, but God holds our future. Paul wrote Romans and Paul had deep convictions of the role that somebody played being sent to him. I want us to turn over to Acts chapter 9 as Paul recounts a story of when he became a disciple. Paul had quite a past. When we first meet Paul in the scriptures, he went by a different name. Saul. He was a persecutor of Jesus. He was a persecutor of the Lord's people. And yet God had a plan for him. You know, oftentimes we come to Jesus with a past that's not glorious. And yet God is not worried about our past. God has a future paved for us and he wants us to join with him to accomplish his work. In Acts chapter 9, Saul was going to Damascus to take prisoners of the Lord's people. In verse 3, as we pick up the story, it says, As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul! Why do you persecute me? 
Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Paul was on a mission to persecute Jesus, and Jesus had different plans for Saul. We read about an encounter here between Saul and Jesus, and Jesus confronts his life. He says, why are you living a life in persecution and opposition to me? Saul said, what shall I do, Lord? Jesus could have told him there on the spot exactly the rest of the story. But that wasn't the way that Jesus worked then, and it's not the way that Jesus works now. Jesus said, no, my plan is for you to hear from somebody else. My plan is for you to hear the next steps you must take from a human. An imperfect person, in this case, a fearful person, It was a person that knew of Saul's reputation and honestly didn't want to have anything to do with God's role of him being involved in Saul's life. It was a man named Ananias. The Bible describes him simply as a disciple in Damascus. The Lord had to do some convincing. In verse 10, The Lord said to Ananias in a vision, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord said, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord Ananias answered, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. He has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. He could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he regained his strength. We're familiar with the rest of the story. Saul was renamed Paul and went on to write more than half of the New Testament. This man with a history of persecution a history of opposition became the writer of more than half the New Testament. He founded multiple churches. He trained and raised up many ministry leaders. After Jesus, you could argue he was the most influential person 
in modern day Christianity. You say, wow, what a transformation. But you know, Paul is not the only one that God is transforming. You say, what about you? What about your life? What changes has God accomplished in who you are as a man or a woman? God had chosen Saul, but Saul needed Ananias. Saul needed a messenger from God, even though he saw Jesus face to face. God used people to change Saul's life, and God has used people to change my life, to change your life. Oh, like Saul, oftentimes we have an ugly past. Sometimes even as a disciple, we've sinned. We've made bad choices. And God has intervened. Why? Because transformation is not a one-time event. Renewal, being changed into the likeness of God, doesn't end at baptism. That's the starting point when our sins are washed away. God uses people before to bring the gospel message. And God continues to use people in our life today. I think of the number of the brothers that God has used to change my life. Ron Quint, he studied the Bible with me and baptized me. Mark Mancini, he put me in the ministry in Toronto and trained me. I think about Dave Eastman and the years that God used him and Kathy training us in Toronto until God brought Cheryl and I and our boys to the San Fernando Valley, November of 1993. Once again, to be trained by Mark Mancini. And then later back to Ron Quint. The Sugarmans have had an amazing impact. The Mantles have had an amazing impact. And so many others. God has given us so many amazing friends, partners, brothers and sisters in Christ. We're so blessed. God's given us an amazing daughter-in-law in Christ. We have two great grandchildren now. We love Hunter and Paige. What a blast they are. The transformation has been going on for more than three decades. And Cheryl and I are so blessed to have been part of the North region for 27 years. It's amazing to see all that God has done. And for each one of you watching, you're part of the story. God has chosen you. God is changing you. And God has used many people to transform your life. I smiled thinking about Sharon Kennard Smith back then when she got baptized. I baptized her in the ocean. And it was a chilly day and the water was cold. You know what, Sharon? You're worth it. You're amazing. What a story. God has so many incredible victory stories. Who has he used to change your life? Who was your Ananias? Who's God using now?
to change your life? How does God speak to you today through men and women that love him? So here's a question. Who's God chosen around you to serve him, to do great things? But there's just one more step. They need somebody. Those people are praying to God. But what they need is their Ananias. They need their messenger. They want their message of transformation. Are you willing to be sent? Sent where? To the classroom. To the neighborhood. Maybe in your family. Maybe a coworker. Maybe somebody on a team or in a band. Somebody that you're associated. Maybe it's a place where you shop. God has put you in touch with a unique group of people. And just like Saul, maybe they're misguided. Maybe they're even living in opposition to God. But God doesn't care about the past. God is designing futures. But God's plan of salvation involves one human being used to be a messenger, to study the Bible, to reveal the gospel, to show the truth of God's word. It's a team effort. It's a family effort. We didn't get here on our own. There's no Lone Ranger Christians. Let's stay connected with one another. But let's be willing to be sent. If you're reluctant, you're in good company. Ananias is, was reluctant. And God used him to make a powerful difference in Saul's life that has impacted us for thousands of years. Let's be used to help reveal God's future. The second thing I want to talk about today is that you are a perfect person to reveal God to someone else. Yeah, I use that word perfect. You know, you hear perfect and we instantly know our flaws. We start recounting our failures in our mind. We know where we want to change. We know what we don't like about ourselves. We know what we wish we were better at. And right now, it's been seven months of quarantine. We're isolated. We're lonely. There's a lot going on in the world around us. There's battles. There's disunity. We're wrestling with injustice, and we're trying to figure out God's will in a path forward. If you're like me, you don't feel at your finest. We're distant from one another. We're not as connected as we want to be. And yet God's word says, in spite of all that, you are the perfect one. Turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul, who we were talking about, wrote this to the Corinthian church. 
And in chapter 4, verse 5 of 2 Corinthians, Paul says this, For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord, and ourselves is servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made His light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that in his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Paul says the good news is you're the perfect one. Why? Because we're not preaching a message where we are Lord. We're preaching Jesus is Lord. That's the gospel. But that's not the only component. One side of it is Jesus is Lord. But he says the second side is ourselves, is your servants. It's not just lordship of Jesus. It's you and me making the decision to pour ourselves out for others. The gospel message is not one of self-centered Christianity. It doesn't fit. Agape love does not work with self-centered, me-first Christian living. The heart of Christ is to consider others better than yourselves. Not to consider our, our wants and our needs first, but what's best for others. What do they need in their life? Paul said, that's the message. And you can be flawed. You can be weak. You can be at your worst. And you can still be a servant. And you can still preach Jesus is Lord. He says, God who made light shine out of darkness made his light shine in our hearts. We're a provider of something amazing. A little later, he says, we have this treasure in jars of clay. What would you do if you had a valuable treasure? Where would you store it? How would you care for it? Where would you put it? In a safe deposit box? In a strong box so it's protected from injury? That's not how God thinks about his treasure. Paul says the treasure of the gospel, the treasure of the light of God's glory is stored in a jar of clay. It's fragile. It's broken. What a contrast. A jar of clay holding the most valuable treasure of God. You say, why does God do that? To show 
that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. I like to live life at my best. I like to know what to do. I like to think that I have the power to accomplish what I want to do. I like to be wise. I like to be organized. I like to be energized. But the challenge with wanting to live life that way is we can rely on human strength. And Paul says something really powerful for us to understand. He says that in our weakness as humans, as frail, imperfect human beings, God's treasure can shine the brightest. He's saying that when we're weak, when we're struggling, when we're discouraged, that the light of the treasure of God's glory shines the brightest. When we're at our best, people can actually credit us with the power. But when we're struggling, when we're lonely, when we're hurting, when we're discouraged, the power of God is on display in the greatest moments. It's amazing to think that this is the 33rd week of quarantine. Time's flying. It's hard to believe that that all happened at the beginning of this year. You read a passage and it means one thing and then you're going through certain things in life and you read it and it registers in a whole different way. That's the power of the living Word of God. How'd you feel when Paul said in verse 8, we're hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed? Can you connect and relate with any of those words? Any of those feelings? I sure can. But Paul says, we always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so the life of Jesus may be revealed in our bodies. We're talking today about who's your one. We're calling everyone to be God's messenger of the gospel to somebody in your neighborhood, at work, in your family, at stores that you shop, classmates, somewhere. Be a messenger. What's our first thought? I don't feel up to it. God says, good. Then you're the perfect one to display the glory of God. It's about God's glory, not our own. We simply need to be messengers. What a powerful testimony Paul is talking about here. He says when we're a messenger but not at our finest, that's when God's glory is most clearly displayed. Not when we're perfect. Not when the church is functioning at its best. He says no. When we're weak, when we're hurting, 
He said that's when the power of God's glory shines the brightest. People need us desperately to be a messenger. There's a one. There's probably a two or three. Jesus says the fields are ripe for harvest. The harvest is plentiful. The harvest was plentiful in uh, 2019. The harvest is plentiful in 2020. And the harvest will be plentiful in 2021. I believe God's Spirit is calling each one of us to answer the call to be Ananias to somebody. Whether we're weak or reluctant, that's okay. God is telling each one of us, you are the perfect person to reveal God's glory. So what will you do? God's calling us, be present in each other's lives. When somebody's hurting, oftentimes what they need is simply a listening ear. Serve somebody. Feed somebody. Share the word of God with somebody. Speak the truth and love to somebody. 30 years from now, we're going to look back and lives will be changed forever. Why? Because God has already chosen people. Now, they just need to hear that they've been chosen by God. Just like our new deaf sister in Manila. That's the culmination of a lot of stories of victory coming together to see that impact. So what stories are yet to be written? Stories that you're a part of. Stories just like the one we heard earlier in the service. From the six different ministries here, there's so many more lives waiting to be changed. Marriages, families, ministries. Oh, here in our geography, but all over the world. Say, but one thing is needed. You have a choice to make. The question of this service is who's your one? I think you already know them. The question is whether or not you'll take the step to change your life. Oh, it's risky. It's always risky to love. But the victory's on the other side. So what are we waiting for? Who's your one? I believe the Spirit's already put it on your heart what the answer is. Let's take the action steps today, tomorrow, this week, next week, and for the rest of our life, make a decision to personally answer who your one is. And let those stories of victory resonate for decades because you made the step to be a messenger of God. It is so great to be connected with you this morning so great to be a part of this family. We're proud of the church. We're proud of each one of you, your perseverance, your faith, and your love. Keep up the good work. Let's lift up one another's arms together as we serve God in the community, in our state, in our nation, and in our world. 
Let's move forward together in the future that God has mapped out for us. Let's hear God's voice and be the messengers God's calling us to be. Let's bow together and then we'll close with the final song. Our great God, we thank you for the people that you've used to change our lives. I think about the North Region family, the ministry up in San Luis Obispo, in the Central Coast, the 101 Christian Church, and just so proud of all that you're doing in our midst. And yet, Lord, we know that you're not done. Just like Saul, you'd already chosen him. There just needed to be conversations between him and Ananias to unleash the future that you had in store. Father, we thank you in advance for the victories that are going to happen this month and next month, this year and next year. The incredible stories of transformation because people chose to be messengers. Father, thank you for the work that you're doing in our life. Thank you for one another. Bond us closer together. Help us to stay connected to you. For we know that the power comes from you. And that it's about your glory. Yes, we speak. But in our weakness, you can use us to accomplish powerful things. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for what you're accomplishing among us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.